You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Cattle Call Podcast. I'm your host, the always loud, always obnoxious Jim Coppinger, and with me, as always, from Zentech is my partner and the much more refined, quiet, and well-spoken one, Mr. Rocco Parisi. Yeah, is that you know, you sound questionable. You see, it's like you're not sure of your own name there some days, dude. I worry, I worry about you. I really do. So, <laughs> so with us today in the studio... I was we, trying to sound refined. Nah, it didn't work. You just sounded confused. You got to work on refined. I'm ne- next podcast, you're just going to be my confused partner. That's it. We're done now. So, <laughs> uh, goodness. So, yeah, today we have... Uh, Mr. Todd Rogers back with us again. Todd is a uh, senior associate over at Walter P. Moore, and he is a uh, an expert in all things civil GIS and BIM. So, Todd, thank you so much for coming back to talk to us again. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. Ah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So, like I said, it's always great to have you on, Todd, because you, you always you, you give us honest answers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's there's no BS when you're involved, right? We get honest answers no, in, into whatever we're talking about. So that's a fantastic thing, right? So we, we, we get the, the plus and the minus, the positive and the negative, whatever topic we're, we happen to be discussing. So That's uh, right. So today, what we're going to be discussing, we're going to be talking about the idea of visualizations in the civil environments. Uh, we're going to talk about the good and the bad of it, uh, I have no doubt. Um so yes. <laughs> that's why you're here. Lay it out as it's, as it should be. So all right. So you know traditionally, um, you know visualization, right? This has been a, a very low priority topic for those of us who work in the civil arena. Um, I know it's something that you know architects spend you know quite a lot of time doing. You know, at, at heart, all architects fancy themselves to be artists. We're in the civil world. We're engineers. Uh, we have no time for fancy visualization and presentations, right? Um, so, you know, like I said, the architects will put on your know, renderings and display boards and they'll build 3D models and, and physical models out of, you know, popsicle sticks or whatever they can find. Uh, you know, but like I said, in the civil world, we tend to throw plans at everybody and go, look, there it is, figure it out, we're done. Okay. So, Todd, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it at you, right? So, let, let, let's start with the why of today's topic, right? Why do you think that visualization is important in the, in the, uh, the civil world? Why not, why not just stick with traditional... 2D plan presentations? Well, the way we found out, you know, doing this um, personally is you, you take a 2D plan to a, a city council or uh, let's say you're doing a subdivision and all the residents are around that subdivision are concerned about this, that, and the other. And you take a set of plans and you show them they don't have a clue what they're looking at, man. You know, so that's a valid point. It's yeah. So it's it's basically you know doing this for the benefit of getting your design incentives across to the public, across to the stakeholders, across to the council members, across to the uh, you know the disciplines that are going to be approving this, so they can actually see it, opposed to looking at a piece of paper and and kind of guessing. 
okay, this is that, this is going there, uh, what is that, what is this, you know, so they can actually see it. Yeah, and that, that's you know, a so huge, it, huge point. I, it's, it's something that I've, I've found the, the hardware, we, you know, we, guys like us, we spend so many years doing this. We look at the plans on a daily basis. We know how to visualize and we, we, we understand it. We tend to assume that everyone else does. And I, I find that at the hardware with my wife when I try to show her plans and she yells at me and says, I don't know what that means. And I go, oh, okay, never mind. So, yeah. uh, you know, I guess everybody doesn't understand. Plus, that's, it's a very valid point. Um, all right, so that's a great answer. So, all right, so, you know, in my personal experience, um, here, here's what I'll throw out at you, right? You know, civil people uh, in, in my history have been really resistant uh, to the idea of spending time and money on visualizations, even though you, and I, I have many times pointed out to him exactly what you just said, that it really does help get this across to the stakeholders in a manner that they can understand. Uh, you know, but you know, let's face it, right? You know, we're, we're in the civil world. We're a very conservative group of folks. Um, you know, and everybody in this industry tends to, to stick with, uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it model of, yeah. of thought, you know? So when it comes to visualizations of any kind, uh, you know, engineers rarely want to spend the time and the money that it's going to take to put them together, you know, unless it's on a really large project or if they are, are absolutely desperate, right? And if there's any kind of a conflict and they really need to convince the public or the client, you know, or, or if or maybe the client actually requested it for their marketing materials or whatever, that's about the only time that, that I've seen them do their visualizations. They just normally right, don't right. see the profitability there. Um, so right. in terms of, of real world costs then, uh, you know, what, what, what are we looking at in terms of, you know, what does it cost to develop a visualization model and, and what's really the potential ROI from a monetary standpoint that, that makes it worth the time and the effort? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, you know, I was really fortunate to get this position with Walter P. Moore uh, in doing this. You know, my my initial uh, welcoming into this company was to bring this, you know, technology into the civil and infrastructure department and utilize it. So in terms of real world costs, you know, it, it's nothing but my salary. But if you're talking about, you know, little mom and pop civil engineering firm out there, it could potentially, you know, break a budget. You know, it could uh, it could bust it, you right. know, potentially. Uh, as, as far as the return of investment on it, you know, we're um, <laughs> we're doing more and more of these. You know, you get that initial one out there and people start expecting it after that. So mm. now, you know. There's going to be a billboard in front of uh, the University of Texas from a project that we're doing that was modeled in InfoWorks that I did the visualization for. So they're putting it on the, the billboard for marketing purposes. Right. So people that look at it say, oh, so that's what they're doing here. They don't just see a a street with a bunch of lines on it, you know. <laughs> that definitely helps. So, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you do have to look at it from both setups, you know, and I think that um, you know, visualization projects, they, they require, I think, a little bit of long-term thinking. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, it does have benefits, I think, both at the individual project and, like you were saying, at the corporate level, right? Like I said, if nothing else, it definitely helps you project a much larger and more professional image as a firm, right? When, when, when exactly. you're, you know, on a 50-foot high billboard inside of everybody, that's huge marketing and everybody remembers your name. You're like, wow, this is a real high-quality, high-level uh, you know, firm that we're dealing with. Uh, exactly. And I think, you know, at, at even at the project level, um, 
there, there is a, a, another benefit to my mind and, and it is a little bit of a risk. And like you said, you know, if, if you don't have people who are comfortable with visualizations and how to work them, you, you can eat up good chunks of your budget. But I think that at, even at a project level, visualizations can really help you identify, uh, you know, potential issues and conflicts between, you know, systems and sight lines and so on. Um, you know, and, and it can be a, a great double check for you, right? It helps you point out areas and, and items that, that you know, we, we, we didn't consider, right? You know, it's, it's one thing when you draw yeah. two lines on a plan and say, hey, I'm going to put a retaining wall here. That's great. It works. <laughs> but when you look at it and see, hey, that is one ugly seven foot high concrete retaining wall in the middle of the neighborhood, you know, the, the folks who live next door aren't usually happy with you. And you know, a exactly. simple rendering. You know, it's funny you mention that. We, uh, we were actually asked at one point in time, what, so they were building a wall at the Houston Zoo. And they wanted to see what a six-foot man would be seeing if they could see across that wall to this new building that they were constructing on the other side of the wall. Now, the building was a very ugly building, so that's one <laughs> reason they wanted to make sure that they could see it. Nobody could see it. See it. Hey. You know? Yeah, it's like a, a pump building or something, something to that nature. Um, but, you know, it, it was great. You know, they could say, okay, so we need to make the fence just a little bit higher than it already is. That's so that's it. going to have to be put in our construction okay. budget now. There you go. That works. Okay. So, all right then, Todd, what, what, um, you know, getting into the, you know, more of the, the visualization, right? What, what processes and specific workflows um, do you think see the most benefit from visualization, right? And, and, and at what point in the project do they bring the most benefit? Are we talking, you know, do we want to get into visualizations during, you know, preliminary design, you know, final submittals, you know, is, is it strictly for, you know, uh, development and landscape or does it play into utilities and underground and, and where, where does it fly? So it, it definitely comes in the preliminary process as it is now. Um, it's, it's working its way to the final stuff. Um, Obviously, you know, the architects have to take care of the final stuff to show their pretty Revit drawings that are rendered and all that, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, the the specific workflow right now is to to see it before it's designed. Now, with InfoWorks, and I've got some really, really bad quirks with InfoWorks. I can slam it all day long. <laughs> but... <laughs> Starting in InfoWorks and going into Civil 3D with the InfoWorks model is pretty seamless. You know, that's mm -hmm. two softwares out there that actually talk to each other better than any two softwares I know of right now. Uh, so, you know, that, that helps tremendously. And obviously, you can go back from Civil 3D back into InfoWorks if you need to for more visualization purposes. Okay. So, yeah, preliminary, definitely. Okay. All right, so that's good. So, um, all right, so you know, thinking about this, I'm 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 certain that there are still some of our listeners, you know, who are listening here and they're shaking their head right now, and they're just thinking, <laughs> no, we we just do not have the budget perfect to pay for this type of stuff. Um, you know, listen, the truth is, the civil world runs on a very tight profit margin. I mean, usually five to eight percent. You know, that's considered sure. good numbers for most design houses, right? So, you know, you can understand why people are definitely concerned about the cost here for their project. So let's, let's, let's bring my, uh, my refined partner in here, uh, my confused partner, Rocco, and say, Rocco, is, <laughs> is, is this a topic that even comes up uh, for most of our civil clients? I mean, do, do you even hear from folks who are looking to get the software and the skills they need to, to really start handling visualization on the civil side? 
I, I don't, oh. but it, it, it just, you know, based on this discussion, it seems like it should be a logical um, uh, addition to uh, the, the, the whole process, the whole workflow process, right? But, you know, I put, I put the question back to, to both of you guys, and, and we all obviously follow what goes on within the industry and news and trends and such. And you really don't see many folks even talking about visualization or the importance of visualization in civil. Am I am I wrong? No, that that's that's the you know, when Todd right, brought right. up this topic, that was just why I jumped on it. I was like, ooh, that's a that's a great topic for us because you don't hear it a lot. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. You really don't. And um, you know, talking to other, you know, I used to work for a reseller, so I know quite a few engineering firms and the people there. So you know, and I talk to them and ask them about it. You know pretty frequently and they're like no we don't do that we actually are putting the visualization in our project budgets now so you know it's it's kind of there and let's say we don't even need it well we had the budget for it so yeah you got a yeah, little, little bit left in the till right there. exactly so that's right and yeah. that's it right and, and 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 that's perfect right so you know here it was going to ask you right that you know Walter P Moore you, you guys are a large company you're known interna- internationally right you guys work on huge proje- uh, projects so you know everybody assumes that you can afford to do these visualizations right um, but you know listen I, w- I will point out that maybe doing things like this and being a little proactive is why Walter P Moore is the size and and as popular as they are um, so Todd how Take, taking that into account, right? You know, how would you encourage smaller firms to get involved with visualizations, you know, and, and why should they really invest in, in, in doing this? So that's pretty broad. So look, and this is going to get into our discussion later too with the uh, AR, VR and AR things. It's, um, it, it all ties together at one point, right? So it, we're all in it to win it to make the most money off the project, to get it done the quickest, the correct way, you know, and, and this helps. It really does help. Uh, and there, it's not a big learning curve by any means. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of resources to learn this. The software is included with your AEC collection. Mm-hmm. Most people have an AEC collection now. You know, it's cheaper to have an AEC collection. You know, they complained about it for the longest time. I, why do I need all this software? I don't ever use any of this software. You know, I use about 85% of the AEC collection. I use all kinds of stuff in it for different things. And you have to. You know, if you're going to make a specific thing work, you can't do it with one tool. That's a fair point, right? You've got most of the tools anyway. It's just about taking the time to learn how to use what you've already paid for, right? Which seems exactly. simple, but obviously, based on your impression, you've dealt with some of our clients. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So I think we're going to take a break here uh, to listen to a word from today's sponsor. And we'll be back more in a little bit to talk with our guest, Todd Rogers, about the actual software and the processes for developing visualizations in the civil world. We'll be back in just a minute with more of the Cattle Call Podcast. Hey everybody, we want to tell you about what we think is the most vital career development and training tool in the civil and survey world today, the Zentech Civil Engineering Hub. This professionally curated web form offers hundreds of hours of technology and design training with more hours of video added every single week. The Zentech Civil Engineering Hub also gives you the latest industry news, design practices, 
white papers, best practice guides for all things civil and survey related. We have open community discussion forums where you can network with other design professionals, ask for help, discuss technical issues, request bids, post job openings. Listen, it's an ideal place to advance your professional career. Whether you're a licensed professional looking for professional development hours, or a drafter designer looking to enhance your tech skills, the Zentech Civil Engineering Hub is the one resource you have to have. Rocco, where can folks go to learn more about and even access the Zentech Civil Engineering Hub for a free trial? Yeah, they can uh, find us at uh, zentechconsultants.net. That's Z-E-N-T-E-K, consultants.net. Feel free to give us a ring, 866-824-4459, or drop us an email, sales at zentechconsultants.net. Perfect answer, the Zentech Civil Engineering Hub. Everything you need for your professional development. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cattle Call Podcast. And we're back with Todd Rogers of Walter P. Moore. Uh, and we're going to talk about the process for visualization in the civil and GIS world, right? So, um, you know, we talked about the why of, of all of this in the first half of today's podcast. Uh, and now I want to get into the how. So, Todd, um, I, I, I'm going to assume here that a lot of your visualization work is going to start with point cloud data. Um, you know, so let's start there. Like, how are you collecting that info and what tools are you using to process it? I mean, in particular, what method are you using to move it from just being kind of static points to something that's more solid and presentable in a viz? So as much as I would like to have more point cloud data to do this, we don't work with it much. However, really? we are in negotiations with uh, NearMap, which actually you can get point cloud data from their resource now, which mm -hmm. is a, a new thing that they got, which is really awesome. Um, point cloud data that I've done in the past, I've kind of collected on myself with a drone. Now, we do have uh, a list of drone vendors for us to use, uh, but we don't. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> we don't. Um, uh, maybe that's something we will do in the future, hopefully. But as far as processing point cloud data into it, you know, we use uh, Recap. So okay. we do have, you know, from time to time, we'll get a tunnel scan or something. And, and I use Recap to process that data. From Recap, you can attach that into uh, Civil 3D and actually build a surface from it from mm -hmm. that. So you have an actual a mesh as a surface. Right. Yeah, just putting a straight tent. Uh, I'm yeah. glad to hear you guys are using NearMap. Actually, it's it's a funny thing, just as a completely aside, it just popped in my brain when you said that. Um, you know, we, we work with Civil Site Design, which is kind of like an alternative to Civil 3D here. And they actually just, uh, they just closed a deal with NearMap where, where you can actually import the, the point cloud data and their GIS and geographic and, and georeference data straight into your, your DWG files, which really makes Fantastic. it very, very nice. It's a great little tool. So yeah, Near, wow. NearMap is, is a great little system. I'm, I'm impressed with what they're presenting. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, so, okay. All right. So, yeah, like you said, so I, I really would have thought you, you were doing a lot more point cloud data, but that's that's okay. I really would like to. Yeah, yeah. I really would like to. Uh, you know, it's, it's in the horizon. Okay. No worries. So, all right. So, you know, all right, we'll, we'll put that and say, you know, point cloud's done or cleaned up, right? And um, But, you know, no matter where you're working, right, you're, you're going to have to look at, at taking whatever you've got in terms of your existing data, like you said, whether it was, you know, point cloud or survey or, you know, geomatics, whatever you have going on. Um, you know, photogrammetry, you're going to have to blend that existing data and your proposed design, right? And there, and there are a lot of tools out there for working that blend, right? From, you know, InfraWorks, uh, Civil 3D, 3DS Max, right? Dozens of others. There, Each one of them has, 
you know, a lot of different tools and a lot of different ways to, to kind of integrate those. Um, and there's definitely effort and training that needs to go into learning these softwares, um, you know, so that you can put a visualization together in a rational amount of time, right? So that that's one thing I think that people need to, to consider. Um, you know, I mean, on, on the whole, though, I think some of these systems are much more visualization friendlies, friendly than the others. Um, you know, for example, right, Civil 3D. Uh, it does have some modeling and rendering capacity, but that it's not really its forte. It's really a design tool. Uh, right. you know, when you get into visualizations, I'm, assume, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, that, that the tools designed, you know, specifically for that are the way to go. So which, which tools do you think are, you know, or, or what have you found to be the most effective uh, for civil project visualizations? Which ones are the easiest to use, but, but that still give you a real high quality output? So what I've found in my workflow is I'll do it in InfoWorks, and I can take that InfoWorks model and export it out as an FBX file. Mm -hmm. From that, uh, I used to, back in the day, use Lumion, but now I'm using Twinmotion. Uh, Twinmotion was uh, purchased by uh, Epic Games last year, so it now runs on the Unreal Engine. And it is so easy to use and produces some very, very realistic stuff, man. You got animated cars, animated people, you know, birds, the trees, the leaves <laughs> blowing the wind. It's it's fabulous. You can change it to a rainy day, a sunny day. You can change it from night to day. You know, it's so easy to use. You can push that out to, to VR. You can push it out as a video or still shots. It's It's great stuff. Yeah, again, some real high high end rendering without all the the traditional nightmares of setting up, you know, lighting and and shadow casting and all the yeah, other exactly. <laughs> exactly. horrors that took yeah. so long. And again, it does bring you right back to what you're saying before, right? As the technology improves, and and really, it, it, the funny thing is, like you said, it's as it blends more and more into those game engines, it, it's becoming much more user friendly, and it makes it much more effective for us to be able to to, to do these visualizations without the immense costs that. I think we all kind of in, in our brains associate with, with, you know, doing the, the civil visualization. So, um, right. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, I, I also think that there's a difference in, you know, what any particular package is, is meant to handle. Um, you know, and, and like I said, you know, some packages are great with site and building features, but don't work really well with vehicles and people. Um, you know, and like I said, I'd have to imagine you'd need a, a good idea of what you're looking to create in terms of output. Right before you even really begin your visualization project, so that you can choose to work in in the right software. Um, yeah. So, do you have different uh, packages that you use for different types of visualization, or or have you found, uh, you know, that that one package that like like you were just saying really handles most everything now? So, uh, we actually have a developing department. Um, uh, one of the guys that uh, is the head of the development department is Scott Gauthier and the guy is an absolute genius um, he this is how I knew I came to work for the right company so you know about two weeks into my 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 starting there uh, I went out to visit them to see their processes and things and I he built an interface for virtual reality where when we were doing the Ram Stadium you know, you could take and sit in any seat in that stadium and see what it would look like to watch the game. You could walk, you could ride around in a uh, uh, one of those man lifts. You could go up and down in the man lift. Oh, it was absolutely fabulous, man. I said, yep, I'm so glad I took your offer and came to wow. work here. 
Yeah, so very fortunate to have that uh, that team. Yeah, it definitely helps when you have people who know what they're doing. That's a major plus. Okay. Yes, indeed. All right, so Rocco, let's let's bring you into the conversation back here again. So, in in, in terms of visualization tools, um, or any of the ones that Todd has been been talking about here, you know, which which, which ones do our clients uh, bring up? Right? I mean, they are, are are they part of common conversations in the working world, or or are Todd and I just living in our own little geek world here? <laughs> no, these they're, they're definitely products that I that I've heard of. Um, you know, in casual conversation, you, you you do hear some folks using them. But you know, it, it comes back to, to to the limited use. So um, I, I think the with with more exposure, with discussions like these, uh, potentially with the marketing, you're going to probably see more and more folks uh, using them. But right. you know, a, a lot of people, like Todd says, you, you have so many tools just within the the uh, the Autodesk AEC collection um, that a lot of folks aren't even making use of. So. And that's part of where we can, at, at Zentech, we can help with, with the training component. So, yeah. uh, there, see, yeah. Rocco has got to get the sales pitch in there. Good man. Yeah, Rocco. I do. That's why I bring him here so he can handle There's it. The plug. There's the plug. You always got to get that in. <laughs> the important stuff. It's how I pay my mortgage. You know, I think a lot of people are scared when they see these uh, renderings and videos of things. They're like, wow, that's neat. I would never be able to do that. You know, they just get scared. They think it's a, a huge process to do. It just takes a little bit of effort, and you're on your way, man. Yeah. Like I said, particularly with that AEC collection, you're starting with with something like InfraWorks, which is just about one of the most user-friendly tools. I mean, it. I'm with you. It's got it's got some some hiccups and some glitches and gotchas in there when you get into more detailed <laughs> stuff. But I mean, in general, just you know, the ability for the average person to just go in and just do a lot of point and click and get some pretty solid output in, in a couple of minutes from from Absolutely. a visualization standpoint you know and then like i said from there it's just about taking it and like you said moving into more advanced graphics engine to really get those those videos and the things that you need and tweak them and get the right colorizations and and so on uh it's not something that requires you know a a, a hollywood studio director with lighting background and so on <laughs> to do this stuff right it really isn't it's stuff that you can actually right. work any rational person who can you know, point and click a mouse can figure this out in a couple of days it really isn't that absolutely difficult. so all right so youtube I, it there you go youtube it's always your friend <laughs> okay um so all right i think we'd, we'd, we'd be a little bit amiss in our duties here all right if we didn't take the uh, the time to talk about the new possibilities in visualization and and where they're likely to be heading in the future and todd you've already mentioned this a couple times um, you know, so, so, and that, that means, right, at least in my limited brain, the advent of VR and AR into the design world, right? These two 3D visualization tools are touted in the news and everywhere as the, like the next big paradigm shift, right? And this is where the design world is going to go. So for starters, Todd, tell everybody what is the difference between VR and AR and, and how they both play into the design world. So virtual reality and augmented reality. So virtual reality is being somewhere virtually, right? You're not actually there, you're in this virtual environment. Augmented reality is a mix between real life and virtual life. So you have, take, uh, I've seen this new stuff on uh, LinkedIn, I think it's ARGIS, it's incredible, I love their technology. Uh, but they're showing, you know, that you, you got your iPad pointed at a manhole and you can actually see the AR, which is the augmented reality, of the designed 
pipe coming out of the designed new manhole <laughs> over this uh, existing manhole, and it's got all the information about it, you know, the size, the type, da-da-da-da-da. It's absolutely fabulous. Um, yeah. These guys are doing a, a hell of a job with this uh, software, and I think they're going to be very successful with it. Yeah. Um, and that is stuff like that is, is you know, with GIS going the way it's going and that, and it's going to be a great marriage because you're going to have all this data that has all this metadata attached to it that you can look up something in a matter of a second. Yeah, it's it's insane, isn't it? I mean, the, the augmented reality for me actually is, is one of the most staggering things. I was actually, uh, just to take a quick story, I was at an AU uh, maybe two or three years ago. Um, and, and, and I went to one of the presentations, one of their earlier AR presentations, and, and we actually uh, went outside the casino where they were hosting you know, AU that year, and they had like an open uh, courtyard outside, yep. and we actually went in there and a guy said, cool, let me show you exactly how this is going to work. And everybody, of course, had phones and iPads, and he just gave us a web address, <laughs> and he said, okay, everybody pull it up, and you see all the stuff that he had laid out in terms of you know benches and trees and, and, and a walk and a... And a yeah. Uh, a fountain and everything we could like literally and it didn't matter it's not like a still image as you walked around i could walk around the bench and it's gonna be right here in front of me and i could just hold the ipad in front of me and see exactly how it played out in the real world i mean it was just yeah yeah you could see the people standing next to it like the guy next to you with the ipad you could see him in the frame it was it was it's blending the camera and the the virtual material together it's it's incredible what they can do with ar so it sure is. It really is. Um, did you ever see uh, Jeff and Jerry Bartle's uh, Chicken and Waffles AR they did? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, so they passed out. Uh, you know, I love those guys, man. That Those two solid guys there. Uh, they have this work set that they used to teach the AEC collection, you know, taking all the tools from the AEC collection into this whole workflow. Well, the end result was a Chicken and Waffles restaurant. And so they passed out these uh, chicken and waffle coasters that uh, what you'd do is you'd scan the QR code on the back, turn the coaster back over, and there would be the chicken and waffles ah. restaurant on top of that coaster. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's great. It, it's, it's amazing what they can do with it. So, yeah. So, so augmented and virtual reality. Um, okay. So, so now, you know, right, we know what they are. Thanks to Todd. He explained for us uh, for limited brains like mine. Uh, so, so let's talk about how, how do we develop those types of models, right? What is the tech that we need to work with them, you know, and, and is it really worth the, the time and the effort? Um, so Todd, what, what, what's the process for developing, you know, one of these AR, VR models, right? And, and, and what type of software and hardware are the end users going to need to even begin to get into that space? So we have your, uh, typical, um, it's not the Oculus, it's the, um, uh, H HTC is that what it is? It's HTC, uh, yeah, the HTC uh, VR set. Uh, it's not very expensive, you know. You can get the whole set up for you know less than a thousand dollars. Might be able to get it less than five hundred now. I haven't checked in a while, but um, that's what we use. Uh, software um, we use, you know, the the developed software, obviously that the guys in the the office develop. Uh, but you can use uh, 3ds max interactive which comes in your suite or your uh, collection mm -hmm. uh, you can use navisworks to do certain types of vr you can use twin motion to do it you can uh, output it from max 
as far as AR, I haven't gotten into AR very much, but a good friend of mine, Matt Wunsch, uses a, a Torch app, if you've ever heard of Torch, and man, he does some really cool AR stuff. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah as far as AM, yeah, he yeah. uses a drone and all that to do his stuff. It's it's really phenomenal. Yeah. For as far as I'm concerned, with most AR, I don't know what the actual software is there for you know placing it and tying it to the to the to the scan codes. Um, but you know, most most standard 3D BIM type models can can be just ported right over. So it's really just like yes. you said, it's really primarily just apps to to place them. On, on you know into a geosynchronous location you know, so you can see where it lays in the real world um, so they're pretty exactly. lightweight apps so they're not very expensive and, and difficult to, to work with either um, all right so all right so last question Todd that I have for you today before we wrap it up um, you know with the AR and VR um, you know are they really going to be as as widely adopted in the civil industry as the news wants us to think um, you know, or, or do you think that the tech that's needed and in related costs are going to keep that type of visualization restricted to just really large projects? Or do you think we're going to see it on everyday work, work, work processes? So as far as it being adopted in the civil industry, it's really a case where you see my company, Walter P. Moore, and you're like, man, those guys are, are awesome. You know, they get all the work. We need to do something that they're doing. Hey, there you go. Yeah. You're adopting it. There so you go. That's one. Yeah. Um, as far as small and large projects, um, I don't see the AR and VR being very uh, – helpful or being used very much on a small a large project yeah um like the walmart project we're working on you know that that would be fantastic now i haven't put it in vr i'm sure one of the architects we're working with gensler gensler's a fabulous architectural firm um but i have taken the site and put it into 3ds max interactive and showed them how to drive a taxi cab around the walmart campus you know with the the next box controller so that's kind of cool that kind of gets everybody oh wow yeah oh, you can see you can turn into that driveway pretty easy there or oh that driveway's a little tight to get into maybe we need to redesign that yeah yeah exactly you know so, and that, yeah. that's that that's really what you know I, I i think i tend to agree with you there um yeah, there, there's always a balance there's there's never one tool that fits everything you know um exactly. you, you take the tools are going to work for the job that you have in front of you and you and you adapt them Right, but like I said, I think it's something that most everybody should be looking at. They said hey, every company out there wants to be Walter P. Moore, so like you said, do what Walter Moore does, and then you can hopefully someday be a competitor for that. Um, there you go. There you go. It's all set. All right, so I think we can leave it there for today. Uh, I want to thank Todd Rogers from Walter P. Moore for being here again today. Todd, we appreciate that uh, you came back on and 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 listened to our loud rantings and answered oh, all our silly guys, questions. Man. <laughs> all love right. you guys. We love appreciate you. Guys. Your... I hope you invite me back again. Hey, believe me, you know as long as you keep coming back, we'll keep inviting. So, all righty, <laughs> folks. So, thank you all for listening in, and we will catch you next time on the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody. Today's Cattle Call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, 
and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentex strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net, or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.